0: What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of East Coast Bias, the Monday after the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope everybody enjoyed the time with their family and their friends and hopefully cashed a couple of tickets along the way. We welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. John J. Stremski. And Raheem, I got to start with you because the game of the day in the NFL, without question, was the Buffalo Bills taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The game lived up to the billing. Josh Allen played great. The Bills have a 10-point lead, and yet our man's best bet ended up a loser. Buddy, uh, I I don't even know where to begin. From Jake Elliott hitting a 59-yard field goal in the rain, and it was nasty and disgusting on the East Coast, I can attest to that, because when I left my apartment around 10.30 at night, uh, to go to do television. My umbrella's falling over. I'm soaking wet going into TV. It was gross. So I I, I know what was going on in Philly. Then you got idiot McDermott icing the kicker when it's 59, uh, 59-yard 59 field goal in pouring rain. And Raheem to boot, he doesn't allow Josh Allen to try to go and get in the field goal range at the end of regulation when Josh Allen and the Bills never win it overtime. I can't, Raheem, I can't.
0: It was very frustrating because this is the same team that gave up a field goal with 13 seconds. The Chiefs had three timeouts in that game, and you gave up a field goal. So you would think it's 25 seconds on the clock. Why call a timeout? And you had two timeouts. You try to ice the kicker with 25 seconds. You have more than enough time to get into field goal range. But let's start from the end the start the end of the third quarter in the start of the fourth quarter, you're up 10. Within four minutes of game time, you're down three. Like, that can't happen. Josh Allen continues to not play a clean game. He threw an interception, and that's what got the Eagles back into this game. And you see the defense is completely falling apart because in that second half, they could not stop Jalen Hurts in this Eagles offense at all. But the biggest thing that I take away from this game is that the Eagles continue to be fraudulent. The Bills outgained the Eagles in yardage. First downs, time of possession. They had time of possession almost 40 to 20. Like, passing yards, 332 to 193. Yards per pass. At the end of the day, the Eagles just find ways of making plays when it matters, and they're very similar to last year's Minnesota Vikings, where they just continue to luck into these wins the Eagles are a good team, but they're not nearly as good as what their record says they are. So I'm going to try and glass half full of this a little bit, a
1: little bit. But I will start with a theme that we've talked about on this show, and it comes from the the Ringer universe. Uh, I I can't remember who, who invented this, but really it's true. The Bills have not recovered from that 13-second uh, episode against the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I think the decision-making down the stretch that we're referring to is a team that thinks about all the things that can go wrong rather than how can we go make this right. And that's how you get decision-making like McDermott at the end of that game, taking a knee rather than letting the dynamic Josh Allen try and go do something to help them win the game as opposed to coaching it so that they don't lose the game. But in, in in general, the vulnerability of this Bills team has been that secondary, and that ended up being a long game. I mean, just in terms of of time on the couch, I absolutely enjoyed it. What a way to finish off the holiday I, weekend, say house, right? I wish
2: we could draw up every 425 game going till past 805. That leads us right into Sunday night football. So we don't got to deal with that for pregame show. I'm right there with your house. That game on
1: five hours. I, I was, mag- it was magnificent, but what we observed was um, that, that the, the, co- the combination of conditions plus the attrition on, in that Bills secondary. I mean, they were missing additional guys this week on top of the noteworthy guys that we've been talking about the latter half. I thought that Bill's team, I mean, that's a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they have the talent on both sides of the ball. And it really came down to, you know, t- twice on, uh you know, whatever that coverage is, zero blitz situations. The Bills could not take advantage. Both times uh, Josh Allen had the receiver and, and threw the ball to the spot that he thought it was supposed to be. And both times the receiver was not in that spot. It's a game Buffalo easily could have had, fellas. And you guys know I
2: invested, foolishly, Buffalo to make the playoffs to even Money a couple weeks ago. That does not look like a good bet. Now, Raheem, I look at the AFC playoff picture. The Steelers look like they're getting in. They beat Cincinnati. They're cockroaches. Tomlin's amazing. They're getting the 10 wins. There's no way they don't. Their schedule's super soft. Then you're trying to figure out these other playoff teams. You have Houston. You have Cleveland off a loss and their uncertainty at quarterback. Indianapolis is hanging around at 6-5, and but I don't think any of us look at Indianapolis as a team that's going to find their way into the postseason. Buffalo now, Raheem, is all the way to plus 360. And I know what their schedule is the next two weeks. They got the Chiefs after their bye week at Arrowhead. Then they take on your Dallas Cowboys at home. But then they get New England and the Chargers. They're going to win those two games, I think. So if they split the two against either Kansas City and Dallas, win the next two, and Miami's in a position where maybe they're just playing for seeding or Miami has already won the division, and that game week 18 doesn't mean a whole lot for them, Buffalo could win a game anyway, but it might set up that much more favorably for the Bills. I ask you this, Raheem. Is it worth somebody like me doubling down on the Bills, at plus 360 to make the playoffs, or is that just a donation?
0: I don't like it at all. I just think their schedule is too tough. And I think there's other teams that are creeping up. Look at the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have better odds to make the postseason than the Buffalo Bills. Well,
2: and you know why, Raheem? They beat Buffalo, which could be a huge deal when we're going through tiebreakers
0: when it's all said and done. That's fair. And I I think that says a lot. Like you you have Denver, who is probably is playing like one of the best defenses in the league right now. And they have the Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, and Chargers. And this Chargers team is completely falling apart. So you have the you have the the Broncos and you have the Colts, both with better odds to get into the postseason than the Bills. I wouldn't be doubling down on the Bills at this point. At this point, I think this Bill's secondary. They're so depleted. And you see the way Sean McDermott is coaching. You see the way Josh Allen, he can't have a game without a turnover. This is not a team I want to bet on any futures at all.
2: How can you believe we're living in a world that's the weekend after Thanksgiving and the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans have better playoff odds than the Buffalo Bills? Let that sink in for a minute.
1: Well, it is a testament to the ability of the NFL to constantly reinvent itself. Shane Steichen, gets the head coaching job in Indianapolis and immediately takes advantage of a weaker division and an opportunity schedule-wise to, to, to rebrand that team. I still don't re- really have a clear sense as to how they win football games other than outscoring teams, but they're mainly outscoring teams that I'm not that impressed by, so I don't, I don't know. And then CJ Stroud is a home run. Congratulations to Houston for being relevant at, at football. But I, I'm pi- I'm picking up Dreams Point on the Bills. I think they're out. It's a bummer, um, but they have three teams with with better records ahead of them, and they're on the wrong side of the the head to head with the Broncos, the Broncos, Browns, and Texans, all with better records. And I don't um, I don't like the Browns. I, I don't like what we saw from that road performance against the Broncos. Uh, five fumbles, three of them lost, and 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 congratulations to denver they continue to create this enormous margin in turnover and then have short fields and be able to score off of them but as it relates to the bills that the hill's just too too high to climb now they have to get to 10 wins at a minimum in view of the other teams that they're 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 competing against and even if they get to that 10 wins they don't have the tiebreaker against uh the broncos so it, it looks like a hill too 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 tall to climb to me jj All right, so you guys not suggesting me putting more money on Buffalo
2: to go and make the postseason. All right, I'm going to listen to my two comrades, Sirides, Coast Bias, and listen, as a uh, resident Miami Dolphin fan, I'm not going to be shedding any tears if uh, Josh Allen is joining me on the golf course in in South Florida come the month of January. That sounds fantastic. Now, other takeaways I have, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on what we saw here on Sunday. House, I still came away super impressed by Houston even in a game they lost, and I know Raheem was on Jacksonville. I was on Jacksonville. I think you were on Jacksonville as well. We had a little mono mono action be- between Dream and Oh Dream. Actually, no, you had the Texans. I- I'm I'm having a brain fart there. You had the Texans. You, you know what's so not- funny?
0: When we did the episode last week on East Coast Bias, I initially liked Jacksonville, and then on Wise Guys, I moved over to the Texans. Um, and it seems like my initial read was right. But I still I, I still thought the Texans had a chance to win that game. So it was very frustrating.
2: Well, that's my thing, Dream. So, like, they lost, right? Amendola misses the 59-yard field goal, and Jacksonville found a way to win. I, I still came away like, wow, D'Amico Ryans is a good coach. I'm thrilled if I have C.J. Stroud. And I don't know if they're ready yet to be a playoff team, but – Man, I'm buying all sorts of Houston Texans stock, whether it's at the end of this year or next year, dude. A hundred percent. I'm in on that franchise. I like what they got going on.
0: Yeah. This team, I mean, when you have C.J. Stroud, who probably is already a top five quarterback. I know that sounds crazy, but the with, with the quarterbacks in this league, he's playing like one of the best. And they've had bad offensive line issues all year, and he's overcome that. So the defense hasn't been the best. He's overcome that as well. So they got a big game against the Denver Broncos this week, which will go a long way to determine who's going to make the postseason. They're actually three point favorites, which is really interesting. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, they have three referendum games left on their schedule, which makes it very juicy for 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 Houston. They have this home game against the Broncos this coming weekend, and then uh, they face the Browns in a couple of weeks, and they end the season. At the Colts now, among those six games, they get to play the Titans twice and they're at the Jets. Um, so, you know, I, if you're looking for three and three, you can get to three and three. But but uh, four and two would be better if you were looking for for 10 wins to get to the playoffs in the AFC. And I think that they could they could do it. I mean, um, this Broncos run, they're letting other teams beat them. So let's let's sit back and watch um, this Sunday and and co- try and come up with a good handicap for this Broncos-Texans game. But I agree with you guys. The Texans are live. I like them. Um,
2: House, we had some heads-up action in Ravens-Chargers last night. And that was a classic instance of the Chargers being the Chargers, the Ravens fooling around and letting that game get far too interesting, whether it's Justin Tucker missing a field goal, some of the play calls on third down and fourth down and short. Yet there I was, House, and I locked it in early in the week at three and a half. I'm like, okay, turnover on downs. One first down, the game's over. And, and then I got to sit there and watch Zay Flowers, who the Chargers, by the end, could have drafted. Instead, they ended up going with Quinton Johnston. Uh, I liked Quentin Johnston. That ended up being a terrible pick. So I and the Chargers have got to take the big fat L on that one. But you want to talk about cruel and unusual punishment, buddy? To have your wisest wager go down on a back door in the final two minutes of the game. You know what? House, I get what I deserve for betting on the
1: Chargers. That's really what it boils down to. The the Chargers gonna charge, JJ. You describing that? That's just the Chargers doing doing Chargers things. Um, I did not like what we saw out of Baltimore, and I texted our our crew um, in the in the first half. What We see when when Baltimore comes out where they're messing around like that, where it looks like they're a little bit confused on offense. When Lamar is back um, going through his reads, making going through a progression, I don't like it. I like that Baltimore offense a lot more when there is quick decision making and quick execution and not pondering. Now, I like the design runs for Lamar. I don't like the non-design runs for Lamar. He still runs with with Ball insecurity. I don't like it. I don't like what, what what I see. And Harbaugh twice, twice rushed to the line to attempt a, a fourth down. You know, short yardage when the third down play was a first down both times. I don't know who's sitting up in their booth giving him advice about whether or not to challenge the spot. And it's a whole other thing about these effing NFL officials being. Yards wrong on the spots. That's the smallest of the complaint of the day, though, because there was just disastrous officiating. I mean that that Bills Eagles game. The Bills were penalized ten times in the first half, and I can't believe JJ, you were not you weren't one of the people out there yelling. It was just that that Dolphins Eagles game where the Eagles had no penalties and the Dolphins had ten. I mean, at some point, there's regression on a whole lot of fronts that are coming to the Eagles, but I digress. I want more out of this Baltimore team. We have them very highly rated on offense and very highly rated on defense, and they F around. And you can tell early whether it's an F around game for them or whether they're like Or no-nonsense game. I totally there agree go, with that buddy. house.
2: Totally agree. And you notice the difference, Raheem, when they're at home more so than when they are on the road. I feel like in those home games with Baltimore, Detroit being an example of that, Seattle being an example of that, it was kind of, hey, no nonsense. We're laying the smack down. This game, the Cleveland game, fooling around a little bit, and that will come back to bite you in the ass in a big spot when Baltimore's playing a big-time team.
0: It will. I think the biggest thing that we're, you know, we're missing is the fact that without Mark Andrews, this is not the same offense at all. Like, at all. And you could see the difference in their struggles on third down. So, and the thing with Baltimore is that they've always been a first-half team. You look at this year, in the first half, they're scoring 15 points a game. In the second half, they're only scoring around 11. So, this is a team that tends to let up off the gas pedal in the second half, and they never really had it going in the first half of this game. So, I agree with what House said last night. The Chargers were locked. But what it comes down with the Chargers is that they don't have a a ton of receiving options since Mike Williams went down. And they couldn't block this Ravens front. And you saw it with the game on the line. The Ravens put that blitz on them, and they got there. So that's what it is. I just think this Baltimore Ravens team, they're a solid team. But I have trouble believing that they're a true contender.
2: Uh, Very interesting. You know, Raheem... That Rams plus 420 to make the playoffs, baby. We talked about it on Wives, guys. You know what it is on FanDuel right now? It's like a 250. So we are moving markets, maybe. You know, I might have had a couple that ended up having egg in my face and ended up being not ideal. But we could bring plus 450 home. That's a juicy bet going into December, big boy. That's juicy.
0: Yeah, I I said if they won that game against the the Cardinals, it would get cut in half. And they're sitting at 5-6. and And I just think they're, they're in a good position. You have the, the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Packers in front of them, and I'm not really that high on any of those teams. So I think the Rams can make a nice little push for this set, the second half of the year and get into the postseason. It's still at plus 245. I wouldn't take it at this number, but if you watch Ringer Wise, guys, every Sunday, we give out futures. We give out size. We give out totals. And we gave out the Rams plus 420. So I hope you guys grab that one. Did you grab it, House? Of course not.
1: No, I I, I was stuck home. I'm coming. I'm getting off a cold here. I I never left the couch uh, yesterday. I will say, if you watch Ringer Wise Guys, to our point about Baltimore in the first half of football games, that was one of the wise guys' best wager of the day. Baltimore first half only laying a point and a half at the Chargers. Got that across the line, fellas. We're trying to give out winners. Please, everybody, check it out. Sunday mornings at 11. It's winners across the board. That's what you call a
2: shameless plug. Not when you bet the Los Angeles Chargers, though, plus three for the game. Just saying. Just saying. Now, before we get to Monday night, before we do some look-aheads for next Sunday, and we got some NBA on the court on Monday, House, I am surprised you are not in all black for this particular show because your boy Frank Reich has been shown the door by the Carolina Panthers. So uh, because you are the leader of the Frank Reich uh, fan club, uh, I'm going to defer to you
1: on this one. I'm shocked. No black for you today. No morning badge. Disappointed. How dare you? Uh, I, I mean, I thought this was going to be a Jack Del Rio bit, which I'm more than happy to participate in. Uh, good riddance to Captain Jack. But look, man, the, the 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 Carolina Panthers franchise situation is clearly a mess. And I asked Dream before we got taping: Is there any evidence? that Frank Reich participated in the selection of Bryce Young as the number one overall pick because that quarterback decision, that decision to go with quarterback at that point in the draft rather than doing the thing that might have made more sense, like try and get as much in the way of assets as you can get for a team that is destitute on the offensive line and destitute at the skill positions, rather than h- focusing in on a guy who's going to have no chance of success whatsoever, in the form of Bryce Young. I mean, I you know the the interesting conversation could be how would C.J. Stroud look in these circumstances? Swap out Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and let's see what conversation we're having. I mean, it's fine to be critical of Bryce Young and definitely find to be critical of Frank Reich. But I think what we're really talking about is institutional dysfunction because the decision-making in terms of the future of the franchise at the two most important positions, quarterback and head coach, you're 0 for 2, fellas. It's time to get on
0: the stick and get moving, Dream. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. This is an institutionalized issue. and. At the end of the day, I think it started with last season. You had a guy in Steve Wilkes. He was the interim head coach, and I thought he did a tremendous job with that Carolina Panthers team at the end of last year, getting them prepared and having them playing winning football, and then to replace him with Frank Wright, who really failed in Indianapolis. And you look at the last two seasons with Frank Wright, 5-14-1 against the spread the last two seasons between Indianapolis and Carolina. And he didn't even last thirteen weeks. So, I did look up what you just what you just asked. House. It does appear that this was a, a joint venture between Frank Wright and the GM to de- to decide on picking Bryce Young. So, it's clear that that organization is in shambles.
2: Well, and they gave up a ton to move up to that number one pick. Bryce Young's in an absolutely brutal position. He has absolutely no chance to succeed. Tepper is going. He he hired Matt Rule, paid him a zillion dollars. That was a disaster. Then he goes and against Frank Reich. He can't even survive through a year. They're going to have to sit there and watch the Chicago Bears now end up with the number one pick in the draft. I mean, listen, you want to talk about situations that are as bad as can be, that are as rotten as can be in the NFL. I don't think you can find one at the moment that's worse than the Carolina Panthers. All right, guys, we got Monday Night Football to get to. Uh, there's a bet I already made. I'm telling you guys now, I already made the bet. I made it last night. Uh, it's already locked in. It might be a part of my wisest wagers. Uh, we'll have to see, but I already bet it. It's guaranteed stone cold. I feel that good about it. We have that, and we have a look ahead to our Monday card in the NBA. All that more. The East Coast Bias Boys, coming right back. All right, boys. Monday night football. Must for the Minnesota Vikings tonight, laying three against the Chicago Bears. Last time we saw the Vikings, they let one slip away in Denver. The Bears, the last time we saw them, easily could have won against the Detroit Lions. And I think that, in many ways, was a precursor for what we saw from Green Bay against that Detroit defense on Thanksgiving Day. House, I look at this line, and I smell a rat. I called it out when we did Ringer Wise guys 24 hours ago. I think they are begging you, to take Minnesota in this particular game. And I think the Bears have been a little bit better on defense, marginally. I know it's it's small, but marginally better on defense. Field's coming back. He's got something to prove. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Am I crazy to hold my nose and like Chicago here in this game? Because I think this line just screams Bears. It's because of the fact that Minnesota laying three against the sub-500 team Seems a little too good to be true if you ask me. I'm on Chicago tonight.
1: Yeah, I think if you go into the numbers, um, these teams are very uh, even. And in fact, when they played in week five, they played pretty gosh darn even. The difference in the game was a scoop and score by the Vikings with six and a half minutes left. The Vikings won 19-13. Now that was with Kirk Cousins and that was with Justin Jefferson. So we have a different version of, of both teams. This is the game that Week Five game was the game that Fields hurt his thumb in, um, and so you know, t- tough, tough road for for Chicago to try and pull out a W there, even though they were at home. But I, I think you know, it, it Vikings minus three is basically you know the home field advantage, which is the home field advantage that Minnesota enjoys. They're they're one of the few franchises where you might say. Home field for them, it goes from two and a half up to three, I I, I guess. But I think these teams are, are, are very uh, even. And if you look at, especially the point you made defensively, the Bears have the best r- run defense in the NFL over the last six or seven weeks. Now, that's not helpful to them against Minnesota because Minnesota doesn't give a rat's ass about running the football. Uh, but the Vikings defense, uh, Brian Flores, holy cow, they are top 10 DVOA. On on both the run and the pass, um, and I think this is like you know one of these divisional matchups. Divisional dog coming into the situation. Uh, all these games are one score games. Uh, I don't really
0: have a feel for a side, to be honest with you. I don't. I I can see it both ways. Dream. So to House's point, the Vikings are forty three and thirty three against the spread at home since two thousand and fourteen. Twelve and eighteen against the spread since two thousand twenty. However, so. It looks like that that home field advantage is decreasing a little bit. The the biggest thing with this matchup is that we know Justin Jefferson isn't playing in this matchup. So I think that hurts the Vikings offense. And one thing that you have to realize is that this Bears defense has been much better over recent weeks. You know, the first four weeks of the season, they were giving up 35 points a game and were dead last in EPA per play. And like in the bottom 10 a success rate, you look at from week five on. They're only giving up 21 points a game, and they're top 10 in EPA per play and top 10 in success rate. So this defense has really, really improved. And one other thing that we're seeing from this Bears team is that Justin Fields is actually running with the with the ball. And you see, like the first couple weeks of the season, he was almost like playing like like a stationary quarterback, whether he was like Drew Bledsoe or, or Peyton Manning. But now he's actually going back to his regular self and he's running the ball. So you look at this Vikings defense. They blitz a ton, but they give up the 10th most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So I like the Bears in this matchup. I, w- I would lean towards taking the three and a half, but I also like Justin Fields over 53 and a half rushing yards. Oh, I yeah. think he gets there.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm on that, Raheem. I think we could work that into a little Fanduel SGP. And by the way, we're going to have a Fanduel SGP Wednesday for all the NBA action that's coming your way. Uh, I do want to hit your dream on the total. Opened at 44, seeing 43 and a half. I don't have a strong feel for this one at all. I'm on the Bears tonight. I've already betted on
0: FanDuel. Do you have a lean or a uh, strong feel on this total? Yeah, I don't have anything on the total. I, I just think I would lean towards the side and then adjust justin Phil's Ah,
2: How's any interest in the total?
0: Primetime unders, baby. All right, well, that's it. I mean, I like primetime unders and I like
1: this divisional matchup and I like the idea of the two teams. Um, you know, they've already played once, so it's second time around. All those things to me, both the, the way that these defenses have been playing. I like the under 43 and a half to me feels like a fair enough number. The, the parlay for me might be Bears money line under 43 and a half and fields rushing yards over 53 and a half. That's probably the Joe has three legger. I'm going to put um, out there. I'm tonight. down
2: with that. Hey, sign me up. Let's cash them. Uh, as far as look aheads, there's one I've already bet guys. This one I've already bet. And it's probably going to be my wisest wager. I don't I don't need to see anything else. House, I bet the Niners at one and a half, it's up to two and a half. The Niners, this game, they've had circled on their calendar the entire year. The Eagles continue to win these games in miraculous fashion and gritty, impressive fashion. Like, I'm going to give them credit because they have balls and they know how to win and they're well coached and they're tough. This is the Niners time. I, I've said all year, I think they're the best team in football. I think they're the best team in the NFC. I think they prove it in this game. I know it's a spoiler alert for later in the week, or pod on Wednesday, our show on Sunday. I don't care. I locked in the Niners. That's my play. I'm telling you right now, San Francisco.
1: I don't have any reason to dispute it, except for the fact that um, you know we, we keep talking about how the Eagles keep finding ways to win. I mean, by all metrics, we're, we're going to easily be able to sit down and piece together an X's and O handicap that um, shows San Francisco in this iteration with this level of health and importantly, with Chase Young out on the football field um, as the team, that is the correct side, but you're going up against uh, Philadelphia at home and they they are a very, very, very mature football team that does not does not does not beat itself. So you have to come out with your best game and you have to execute and you have to not make mistakes if you're going to beat Philadelphia. At home, I'm excited to watch it. I just don't have a feel for it yet. Raheem, do you have any workaheads? I'm taking the
0: San Francisco 49ers. I think the biggest thing is that, like we said before, this this Eagles team, they're 10-1, and 1, but they have a pot that ran expectation of just seven wins. This is on par with what we saw from the Vikings last year. Now, I, I still think this Eagles team is elite, but you can be elite and lucky. And in addition to being elite and lucky, I see this as a really, really bad spot for the Eagles. Like, look at their schedule. They played a Monday night football game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Then on a short week, they played the Buffalo Bills, and their defense was on the field 40 minutes. Like, their defense was on the field 40 minutes, and you require a comeback win, and now you have to face the San Francisco 49ers, who they didn't have a short week. They didn't play on a Sunday. They played last Thursday. So they've been resting and they've been chilling and they've been preparing for this game in a revenge spot. This is the perfect spot to fade the Eagles. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers first half and full game. And look, if the 49ers lose the first half, I'm going to double down on the 49ers in the second half because this spot lends itself towards a smash spot for the 49ers. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, Raheem, you're a Cowboys fan. You're just biased. It has nothing to do about do with me being a Cowboys fan. I know what I'm watching. And At the end of the day, the numbers say you have to take the 49ers. Yeah, I'm the number
2: it. is talking. Amen to that, Raheem. We got a family play for Sunday. I, I like the sound of that. I, hopefully, it goes a little bit better than our heartbreaking family play on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, guys, any other look ahead? That's the only look ahead
1: game I've bet so far on the Niners. Did you guys bet anything else? I'm on a seven-point teaser because it's Monday, and that's when I'm at my most enthusiastic for the next week's card. I got Dallas from seven and a half down to a half point at home against Seattle. I think, you know, the the jig is up with Seattle. I think, you know, the combination of injury plus the league catching up to what they're they're trying to do, all I'm asking Dallas to do is win. And the reason that I'm playing this as seven points rather than your conventional six points is because I have to have the Miami Dolphins from nine and a half down to two and a half on the road at Washington. I don't like laying that big number uh, with Washington, you know, in a nothing to lose kind of position, but I don't mind the idea of the Dolphins winning by a field goal here in Washington. And Washington, guys, is atrocious at home. They don't cover and they don't win. So Dolphins coming in and catching their breath a little bit. Maybe they get, uh, you know, moving, go down to Ben's chili bowl, catch a couple uh half smoked chili dogs, and then just have a nice time here and get on out of town. That's my uh, early play of the week dream.
0: Okay. So there, there were some really interesting ones for me. I like before the coaching news came out, I did take Carolina Tampa Bay under 38 and a half. I think there's some really ugly dogs this week that, I think you, you might want to find yourself one. You look at Arizona and Pittsburgh. I don't know how the Steelers were laying six. You look at Carolina. <laughs> I and can't Tampa do Bay.
2: it with the Steelers, Raheem. You're right. Like you're so right. But I, I
0: can't keep betting against the Steelers. I can't, dude. I can't. It's it's driving me insane. I don't I don't know how Tampa Bay is laying six. And I think you're gonna see that number come down. After Carolina fired their coach, I think this is a, this is kind of a spot where Carolina should be able to show up with their defense getting healthier. So I lean towards two of those underdogs. I definitely like that under in the Tampa Bay game. I don't see a lot of points there. Um, one thing that we did see is that you know Shane Steichen he kind of took Todd Bowles for lunch, and that that Buccaneers offense just can't can't seem to get going. So I think that's that's an under, and I think Carolina probably covers that game. I also, lean towards the Denver Broncos with the three and a half. I think. This Houston Texans defense, it still leaves a lot to be desired. And for whatever reason, that Broncos offense is just, they're doing just enough to win these games. So I think that's probably a three point game either way. But that, that's my leans for right now. Boys, before we say goodbye, some Monday NBA thoughts. House, I know you're riveted.
2: You got Washington and Detroit. Wizards plus two and a half, baby. I'm in. I'm thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I did see that, and I was like, wow. Uh, I don't think I've seen the Wizards this small dog in a long, long time. In all seriousness, we got a good one with Philadelphia and the Lakers. The line opened at four and a half. It is up to six. Philadelphia, obviously, off to a very impressive start today. their year. Uh, House, will you be handicapping and betting Laker sixer tonight?
1: I'm going to have a little bit so that I can switch between the Monday night football game and and this game, um, especially in in the first half. Uh, It's a good matchup. Um, The Lakers uh, have, uh, over the last handful of games, not really been competitive with the Sixers, but I like the situation. Uh, Sixers coming off of uh, a series of games on the road. Lakers have had a little bit of, of rest and... It's been a little bit of an experiment for the Lakers um, in terms of the personnel that they have and what they're wanting to do. The the big change that they made is bringing um, Reeves off the bench. He's a second unit guy now, and that has greatly improved um, their net differential, both on offense. They're, they're near uh, five points better on offense because of this change, and they are also doing better defensively. So the six points, I, I'm going to go ahead and play the Lakers catching the six um, against the Sixers?
0: Yeah, this, this one's tough for me. I mean, Philadelphia has like really dominated this Lakers team as recently. They won nine out of the last 10 meetings, seven and three against the spread against this Lakers team. I think a big part of it is kind of just the athleticism dealing with Embiid. Um, I think this number is a little high. My, I mean, my model really likes the Sixers tonight, but I, I just... I don't know. I would lean towards the Lakers, but I don't have anything on it. Uh, I'm thinking about
2: Philadelphia because of that head to head success. You were talking about Raheem and house and the fact that the market is moving with Philadelphia opened at four and a half. Now you're seeing some steam, get it up to six. If I'm going to add a play in this particular game, I think it's sixers or pass just, you know, to this house, I feel like the Lakers in the early season are trying to figure out what's what with their new pieces, you know, and, they're fine. Like there's no issues there. They got a long way to go. You know, it's for a team that's got so much age. Think about how rotten and vile their start was last year and how they got it right by the end of the year. I I think in many ways, November and December is like that filling out process for the Lakers where the continuity, even with the new coach, it's there for the Sixers because of Maxie and Embiid.
1: I I totally agree with that. And, you know, if you look at the uh, in-season tournament standings, you get a voila! The Lakers are four zero. They already clinched their spot. They're already into the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. They might just go out and win that that thing. We'll have to revisit the odds uh, maybe for for the Thursday show. We'll see how how if, if there's some in-season because we're going to have a lot of these um, places are, are are being finalized. You know this week, so maybe we'll have some brackets to talk about with the in-season tournament coming up here. The only other NBA action. Uh Pacers, Blazers, the numbers 240 is the total. The Pacers are 15 out of 16, 93% to over. I don't know. Maybe put a put a put a beer on it. At some point, an under will come through, but uh Will it? Will it? <laughs> will it? I don't know, man. Uh, I I, you watch the Pacers a lot this year. They like the they like the go-go pacers. They just fly up and down the court, and they play no defense whatsoever. So the other team is always part of it. And you you get this if the Pacers win hundred and thirty two to one hundred and ten, that's a winner. And then, I mean, asking the Blazers to get to one ten, maybe
0: that's a lot to ask. But I might put a beer on it. You know what I mean, fellas? Well, I like the sound. of yeah, right. there's there's no way I could take a Pacers under at this point in time. Me neither. I, it's just me neither. Like, my model actually makes it two forty one. So I'm seeing a small edge on it at 239 here at FanDuel Sportsbook. Obviously, the, the Blazers did play yesterday, so it is a little tough for me to to, to jump on that. So I'm probably going to stay away, but if you have to do anything, definitely play the, the over. I would lean towards the Clippers tonight, and it just seems like this is going to be a rest spot for the Denver Nuggets. We're not sure yet, but... I probably would jump on that, and I just got a good feeling the Nuggets are going to rest people. So that's where I'm looking, and I also look towards the over in this Wizards game. Boys, a lot to chew
2: on there. A lot of plays, look-aheads, NBA, this Monday night football game. We'll take a 24-hour siesta. We'll get in the lab on Wednesday, and then we'll be back for our Thursday East Coast bias. We'll get you set for Seattle and Dallas to house point. We should have some updated brackets as far as the in-season NBA tournament is concerned. And we also have, and we'll get to this on Saturday because I have a few bets I've already made for the college football. And listen, I know the college football sometimes could be a beautiful thing and be a terrible thing depending on how your wallet is going. It actually was better for me than the NFL was because I hit on Michigan and, and I hit on what was the night game? Um Blanket on Florida State. I had Florida State on Saturday night. So We have all the championship games. We'll try to figure out who's in and who's out. So a loaded weekend across the board. Check out that SGP. We'll be in the lab on Wednesday for House. Raheem, JJ signing off. Good job by Wargon. East Coast Bias boys are out. Enjoy your Monday. Cash them. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler. Or visit fanduelcom slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100 522 4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call one 800 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.